Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome everybody to a special post-game edition of All In with Art Stapleton. A New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton. I am coming to you from a booth in the Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. And I've been on this beat for close to 13 years. And that was about as quiet a locker room that I've witnessed for the Giants after any game. And I've seen some devastating losses, some losses when you knew the coaches had lost their jobs, that players weren't going to be here, that seasons were lost. And 30-6, to Raiders over the Giants doesn't tell the full story. Clearly, everything has to do with the quarterback, Daniel Jones. The Giants' worst fears is that Jones has suffered a torn ACL in his right knee. That's according to several sources that I've spoken to within the team. You don't need an MRI to confirm the emotional blow when you talk to players in this locker room that have experienced the similar injury. When you see the anguish on Daniel Jones's face as he's essentially limping out of the locker room and to the bus to head to the airport back home for an MRI that at the very least will confirm a significant injury, likely a torn ACL. You hope at this point that there's not further damage, but the feeling and the emotion and the gut punch to have that happen to Daniel Jones, who's such a respected leader on this team. You could say what you want about what he is as a quarterback, what he isn't as a quarterback, how how much he struggled this season, whether he deserved the contract that he was given. All of that is on the table to discuss and debate. But the reality is that this team lost a football game and just lost its quarterback again after not having his quarter the quarterback for three games. And it's a symbol of the franchise. You know, the head coach is a symbol. The GM is a symbol. And then, obviously, the quarterback. And what does this mean for the New York Giants? Well, at 2-7, and seven, to lose to a team that just fired its head coach, fired its general manager on a short week. Antonio Pierce hasn't been a head coach since Long Beach Poly High School in California when he was coaching Matt Corral as quarterback. When Brian Dable was at Alabama as the offensive coordinator and actually went on a recruiting visit to try to get Corral, who went to Ole Miss, to try to get him to come to Alabama, sat in Antonio Pierce's 
office, high school office. I covered high schools for many years in New Jersey, sat in many a high school coaches' offices. And now that coach was out here on the sideline, a Super Bowl hero for the Giants, one of the leaders on that 07 team, comes in here and that team basically wipes the floor here in Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star, with the New York Giants. And it's a tough pill to swallow. So what's the procedure now for Daniel Jones? He will go for an MRI tomorrow. It's unfortunate, but it's more than likely we are going to hear that Jones has torn his ACL and that he is now out for the season. What does that mean for him going forward? Well, the Giants, Joe Shane, Brandon Brown, assistant general manager, director of player personnel, Tim McDonald, were all at USC Washington last night. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., you're going to start hearing more and more about quarterbacks in this draft. And here's the thing. A year ago, the Giants thought they were a team that would likely be in contention for a top 10 pick. You don't place any parameters on where they were, but they watched what happened the previous year. They knew what happened. They came in with a new head coach. They had questions about the quarterback, questions about the running back. They didn't know where other guys would fit in. They didn't expect Dexter Lawrence to turn into one of the best nose tackles, if not the best defensive lineman in football. So a year later, they're going to do all their homework on their quarterbacks because the circumstances that they're in forces them to this year. Now, do they want to move past Daniel Jones? That's not even the question. The question is, do they have a choice? And I think right now with Jones suffering a significant knee injury, at the very least, he's knocked out until the beginning of next season. There's an out in his contract. After two years, there was all this talk about the guaranteed for injury in the third year. Well, that was for a fear of a season injury, season-ending injury with his neck. An ACL is does not trigger that third-year guarantee, from what I understand. So you're not cutting Daniel Jones off of that. But again, that's putting the cart before the horse. You talk in this locker room: a somber Saquon Barkley, Justin Pugh, Wandale Robinson. Guys who have undergone ACL surgeries, and you can see it written on their face. They know, Daniel Jones knows that this was a huge blow to him and a huge blow to his standing on the team. He had nine games left to come back and show that he could be the guy that this team believed he was last year. And he was last year at times. Playoff win, win on the road played pretty well within this offense. You felt like you had him with coaches that were getting the best out of him. And right now, you don't know what's coming next. And I think that uncertainty is something that you can't take anything off the table. So now the Giants will ramp up their efforts in the scouting world, and they have to make it a point to see more North Carolina games, to try to get a look at 
Caleb Williams. Check out Michigan. Check out Washington. Guys who, who are quarterbacks that might be available for next year. And it's just part of the due diligence. Because right now, it's hard envisioning the Giants winning another game this season. No Daniel Jones. You don't know how this team is going to respond. You know, and I said this on the podcast last week after the Jets loss. How many more of these can this team take before they just say, we've had enough? You know, and Justin Pugh made a good point. He said, look, we're professional football players. You got to come back and do your job every week. But that emotional component, you kind of saw that with the defense tonight. It's not that they gave up. This team fought. They competed. But there's that edge that's missing. And when you lose a game in Buffalo the way they did, and then you come back and you beat Washington, but then you lose that game the way they lost to the Jets, and then the Raiders jump on you today, and then then Daniel Jones, you could see how devastated they were for Daniel Jones and for themselves. It had nothing to do with Tommy DeVito. I guess everybody saw that he could actually throw a forward pass this week. So, again, I reiterate from last week, not to defend the philosophy and what they did game plan-wise last week, but they didn't want to throw the ball against the Jets. They were willing to throw the ball today against the Raiders. Now, clearly, the game got out of hand, and that's just the way it was. I mean, it was 27 nothing, And... It's actually it was twenty four nothing, then twenty four six, then twenty seven, then thirty. But look, this was one of those weeks, and everybody's going to jump on Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau and say, "Where were they?" Well, this game got out of hand. You got to give the Raiders credit for jumping on them, and you got to question the Giants and where they're moving forward now. As Justin Pugh said, "We got eight games left. Now everybody's fighting for jobs." And that goes from the top on down. It's important for the front office to kind of set priorities moving forward here. It's important for Brian Dable and this coaching staff to figure out how to get the best out of this team. You know, there is no comparison as far as circumstance to what's happened to the, each of the last three head coaches on this in this franchise. Ben McAdoo was fired because... The locker room revolted on him. He had guys not showing up after the bye week. He had uh, players that left the building during a work day. And then compounded by the issue that happened with Eli Manning and whose blame and whose fault, who was accountable, that all happened. Then the Pat Shermer situation, that was really a conflict that they just didn't think Pat Shermer can get the most out of the Giants, and they wanted a change. And they felt as though they went from Ben McAdoo, who was too young and too raw as a coach, to Pat Shermer, who was supposed to be the, quote, adult in the room, according to Dave Gettleman. Then they brought in Joe Judge to be a CEO type of a head coach. The relationship between Gettleman and Judge that spelled Judge's downfall because they knew they were going to be looking for a new general manager. The reality is that when what happened to Judge down the stretch of that season, when Judge wanted it known that people inside the building, uh, he felt as though they were working against him, and that led by, that was led by Gettleman. The reality is Judge became toxic to general manager candidates across the league. 
a general manager wasn't going to come here and inherit a coach in his third year that had experienced what judge experienced down the stretch of that season. That's not the the same as Brian Dable right now. He's got a general manager that brought him here, that signed him here. They came together. So if they're honest about what they're building, Giants are one of the youngest teams in the league. Did I ever anticipate this? No. Two and seven, there's no excuse. I mean, this team needs to be better. They should have been four and four coming into this game and not gotten embarrassed. You know, they're the only team in the NFL that has trailed by 20 or more points four times this year. That's not good. Brian Dable has a lot to answer for for the rest of this season. And there's no sense that he's not accountable for it. He's a young coach, a young head coach who is learning on the fly and trying to make things work. Last year, every button he pushed, it worked. This year, every button he's pushed seemingly from a roster management perspective to things he's saying uh, to reporters, uh, to how people are perceiving him, they've all backfired. And that's the reality that the Giants have to deal with right now moving forward. And guess what? It doesn't get any easier, regardless of what they're going to do at quarterback. You know, Tommy DeVito competed today. Is Tommy DeVito good enough to walk in to Dallas and lead an upset? Come on. I mean, I've known Tommy DeVito since he's at Don Bosco in New, in New Jersey. I'm not going to tell you that Tommy DeVito can lead the Giants to an upset of Dallas. But right now, the Giants, their first priority needs to be put a representative representative product on the field because that's how this thing goes sideways. If they start getting embarrassed, if players start spouting off, this is where your coaches dictate what happens. The leaders in this locker room dictate what happens. And for now, everything is on the table. There's no... Well, they're safe for next year. That goes for coaches, goes for players. I'd like to think it goes for the general manager as well. Uh, but you just don't know. I mean, I'm not ready if I'm John Mara or Steve Tisch to, to start all over again. And that's not a fear of starting over again. It's the belief that the process in place works, that the process is going to build the right foundation for this team. There are young cornerstones on this team. One game doesn't change that. Five games don't, doesn't change that in a season. You're going to have peaks and valleys. And it's like Murphy's Law with the Giants this year. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Everything. And you have to trust the process that you're building and that you have the right people in place. The Giants have brought players in who can who can play, young players who can play. Not everyone is a star, but they have some foundational pieces here. And they have eight games to kind of grow into that role heading into year three. But as I said, nothing can be taken off the table because eight games is a long time in the NFL. And everyone needs to essentially be on their best behavior because you do not want to give ownership reason to make a change. 
and that second year curse hangs over Brian Dable. You remember what John Mara said tongue in cheek in the off season in that interview with Sirius XM Radio? That in this town, you can go from Bono to Bozo. And he was speaking of Brian Dable. It was the idea that Dable was a rock star in New York. Everybody loved him. And you'd make a few bad mistakes. And all of a sudden, you become Bozo the Clown. And how do you move past that? You know, Dable's got to stay true and kind of reassess of what he does well. And what this team does well and try to find it and search for it. And they've got to compete. Because like I said, 30 to 6 against the Raiders today, losing Daniel Jones more than likely for the season and then some. And then you have to go into Dallas where you haven't won since 2016 and the team that beat you 40 to nothing on opening night. And the team that just lost to Philly, so they're going to be licking their wounds, knowing that they want to put a number up next week. It's a lot to take. But you know what? The Giants have no choice. They have no choice in terms of facing their future, which is uncertain right now. And they have no choice in terms of trying to figure out how to take that next step forward because right now they keep taking steps backward and that's not going to get anything done. So we'll be back this week. Obviously we appreciate you being all in. Hope I gave you a little insight as to what's going on here with the giants and we'll have the news as soon as we can keep, keep up to date at NorthJersey.com. But like I said, it, it just feels like a rubber stamp at this point. We've seen very rarely do you get an MRI to show you a less severe injury. It's usually the other way around. As Justin Pugh said, you don't want to speak bad bad juju into the existence. You don't want to talk about it being torn when you don't have conclusion that it's torn. But you could just see Daniel Jones leaving the locker room with a limp, not on crutches. But uh, at this point, yeah, I think they they know without saying they know, put it that way, that this is a severe knee injury and he's got a long road back. Uh, and what's going to happen when Daniel Jones, what will this roster look like at the quarterback position when Daniel Jones is ready to play again? That is the question that this organization is going to ask itself. Heck, they probably have already asked themselves it. And that is what I take leaving here tonight. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it as always. We'll be back this week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.